0: Welcome to the CBIA BizCast powered by Google. On this podcast, we dive into stories about Connecticut businesses. Downs
1: construction actually came to my school. And
0: business leaders. I think it's also really important to be able to see a path
1: forward. We're shaping the future of Connecticut's economy. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Amanda Marlow with CBIA and today we are joined by Christina Kennedy. She is the lead for DoorDash's government relations here in New England. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome to the BizCast. Um, let's get right into it and talk a little bit. So many people know about DoorDash um, as a food delivery service. We've used it um, many times I'm sure throughout the pandemic but also you know now in our everyday lives. So tell us a little bit more about what DoorDash is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we were founded in 2013. It's hard to believe that we're actually coming up on our 10th anniversary, which is crazy. And I would say within Connecticut, we have over 6,000 merchant partners. So when I say merchant, I'm talking about Uh, small restaurants, medium to large restaurants, chain restaurants, and retailers as well. So small, medium, and large retailers. And throughout Connecticut, but also throughout the country, we really work to empower and grow our merchant partners. We don't just do delivery support. We do more than that. We help with customer acquisition, with data insight and analytics, um, with payment processing, you name it, really to kind of grow their business, the scope and scale of their business. And before the pandemic, but also before DoorDash, a lot of mom and pops didn't have the resources or the time or the ability to really create that online presence. And that's what DoorDash is here to do. Uh, so it's been exciting to watch them grow uh, throughout the pandemic and to be part of the team as well.
1: Yes, and throughout the pandemic, we'll get into it a little bit more, but, you know, the need was was really there. Mm -hmm. Let's talk first about uh, DoorDash's presence in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. It's been quite a few years since DoorDash started here.
0: Absolutely, and I mean, like I said, on the merchant side, whether it's with small restaurants and larger restaurants and also retailers, we work on that merchant support. We have a lot of customers uh, who appreciate this delivery, this convenience at their fingertips, but we also work with Connecticut residents from all walks of life to earn on the platform as dashers right so if you've ever gotten a doordash delivery before you see that your doordash dasher tina is actually delivering your order you know that's a resident here in connecticut that wants to have a flexible schedule to earn when they want how they want where they want as well and so we find that's increasingly popular not just throughout the pandemic but even now suit- too, that people like to participate on this type of work within the platform. So what we found ourselves really at the early onset of the pandemic and throughout is that we were in this unique position not only to offer this opportunity of flexible work for folks within Connecticut, but then also around restaurant support. You know, we worked closely with the Connecticut Restaurant Association. They're fantastic partners with restaurants being severely restricted throughout the pandemic and their operations closing. We worked a lot on support there, but also we found ourselves in a unique position around food insecurity, right? And I think that's a cool story that we can tell today around Project Dash and our community credits is food access is something that's always been an issue um, and hunger issues. But the pandemic really accelerated that. And unfortunately, we're continuing to see that. But what we decided to do is we had really built out this program uh, in 2018 that just took off like lightning during the pandemic called Project Dash. And I and that's really integrated on a, a hyper-local level here in Connecticut.
1: So let's get into uh, Project Dash just a little bit. Mm-hmm. When did it s- start here in Connecticut and, and then Tell me how it's evolved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So just in general, there was an employee hackathon back in 2017 to understand on a social impact basis, how can we utilize our platform to really integrate to communities and empower and grow them. And we're a logistics platform and a technology company at the end of the day. So what we were able to devise the employees and something that officially got rolled out in 2018 was Project Dash. So it's a last mile delivery service in which we give our platform our logistics platform to food banks pantries social impact organizations to leverage the logistics platform to do delivery so essentially a food bank or food pantry can say hey every tuesday and thursday we would like a dasher to come pick up our senior brown bags our grocery boxes whatever it may be and deliver to the doorstep of someone in need and so it's been a really impactful program here we have a fantastic partnership with the Connecticut Food Share who I think was extremely critical in helping us determine where the need was across the state. You know, I'm Boston based and I cover New England, but I, I don't, don't pretend to be a Connecticut specialist. I think you know leaning in on them as well as the United Way and Salvation Army um, as top tier partners uh, and then also on the ground partners like Whalers Helping Whalers um, has been fantastic for us again to integrate in. So we've helped uh, deliver actually over 400,000 meals across uh, the state of Connecticut through Project Dash. And it was not just popular during COVID, it's becoming still popular, increasingly popular too. And what we've found not just within Connecticut, New England, or across the country, is that it also helps reduce the stigma when you're asking for help, because it looks like any other DoorDash delivery when a Dasher is bringing it to your house, you know? And it also, we found there's been so many transportation barriers with folks not being able to have, you know, an Uber or Lyft or a car or a T or a bus to be able to access the food pantry in time. It, right now, they can just call up the food banker pantry and ask for the delivery to be made so it's been a really fantastic partnership across locally here with food banks and pantries civic organizations our dashers, which are fantastic, and on the front lines here too, uh, with helping with this social impact work, and then also with big big tier partners too. And I would say it really started in Connecticut. Um, it's actually Governor Lamont was asking for assistance just generically. You know, is is there ways in which we can leverage the logistics of private companies to help with this food access? And so we we you know raised our hands. We said, yeah, we're here to help. And in working uh, in 2020 with Salvation Army and United Way and Two One 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 residents were able to call 2 one and ask for assistance and um, we were able to work to kind of d- develop um, those relationships and fulfill those needs.
1: And in, beyond you know that initial call you've also partnered with with some cities and towns as well Mm -hmm. here in Connecticut. Can you talk a little bit
0: about that? Absolutely. So I would say, um, you know, across the board, whether it's civic organizations across, we we do have a good bit of geodiversity, excuse me, across the state. But we had an opportunity to partner with the city of Hartford recently through the White House Conference on Hunger, um, which is a really fantastic effort nationally. And again, you know, President Biden and Vice President Harris had asked, you <laughs> private organizations, you know, can you rise to the occasion here and can you assist with hunger issues? And so what DoorDash decided to do is we partnered actually with 20 mayors across the United States. And actually one of them is Mayor Luke Bronin from Hartford, and we're working specifically with the Secretary of Health and Human Services within the city on community credits. So here at DoorDash, we obviously have the Project Dash platform, this last mile delivery service, but we also have gift cards. And so we work a lot with with community organizations to give $25 gift card increments. Food banks will say to us, God, the price of food is so expensive. You know, we'll use your gift card to buy more food. Or they might say, We don't have enough senior brown bags or grocery boxes to go around for our clients. Someone came in in a pinch. Let's give them a gift card. Um, or we have instances where we work with domestic abuse shelters, women's shelters that want to, when they rehome and rehouse women, they want to kind of give them a little something um, as they start their new chapter. So with Hartford, what we've been able to do is we've actually allocated $35,000 worth of gift cards for the city of Hartford in, a, in and gifted that to them in a partnership through this conference on hunger. And it's fantastic. So it's official, it's signed, sealed, delivered. Uh, they now have the community credits and we're looking forward to being a resource to them as they look to how to integrate that into um, community groups and to people and our neighbors in need within Hartford.
1: And the gift cards specifically are for?
0: Specifically are for DoorDash, DoorDash. right? So the great thing is it's not just about restaurants anymore. So, you know, if you need toiletries like shampoo, conditioner, um, tampons, deodorant, whatever it may need, baby formula, diapers, you can utilize that to purchase it on via Target or via CVS or 7-Eleven, there are other opportunities to use the gift card now too. Um, And so I think it's a really exciting uh, opportunity going forward. We're really leveraging these gift cards. They seem to be really well received, especially with immigrants and new refugees that are coming in too. Um, And you know, they're being housed within hotels across the country. It's a good way to kind of start them up as well. So we've worked with Hands On Hartford, uh, Fish of Greater New Haven, um, Thames Valley Community Council too, to give out those community credits. And we're looking forward to continuing that within Connecticut.
1: And how do you see the, you know, Project Dash program specifically continuing on, Mm -hmm. right? It was something that during the pandemic was a real need, but like you said, it's still continued to Mm -hmm. be a need.
0: What's the future for it? Yeah, and we're working creatively at the moment to maintain it and also figure out how we can grow it. Uh, We've done a substantial amount nationwide. I think it's over 3 million uh, deliveries, which is is crazy when you think about it across the country. And so how do we maintain that? How do we support our current partners? And how do we look to grow that? So we're working with stakeholders across the, the business and also across the community. I think right now, as we look to that food banks and pantries are talking about inflation. Um, so delivery is not just the only issue right now. So that's where our community credits come into play. Um, and if, if folks are interested, doordashimpact.com forward slash is where food banks and pantries, civic organizations, social impact organizations can go and apply for a, an actual community credits grant. And so I think Project Dash that delivery and that convenience is always gonna be necessary, so we're working on that to continue to maintain it. But this this gift card option and this opportunity has been increasingly popular too, so we're looking to roll that out as well.
1: Um, and I know you touched on it a little bit in the beginning, but in terms of these, these dashers, mm-hmm. these opportunities for people to make a little extra income,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what have you seen there um, in terms of, of impact?
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, when it, when you look at the footprint that we have here in Connecticut, there are over 67,000 residents in Connecticut that choose to dash, right? So they've at least completed one delivery on the platform. We have their teachers, you know, their retirees, their students, their entrepreneurs, they have full-time employment. And so they're looking to assist with their college expenses, their family expenses, upskilling, um, getting a certificate or going back to do a masters, um, you know, or they're a single parent as well. So we've really seen just a diverse need and value across dashers, across residents of Connecticut. And especially as we look to, again, people upskilling, uh, you know, uh, trading jobs or maybe getting laid off. This is an opportunity for them to, again, earn supplemental income on their own time, uh, wherever they would like it and however they would like it to. So I think the ability for flexible work has been definitely pushed forward with the pandemic. Everyone likes to hybrid model, this flexible model to be your own boss. And that's what dashing offers. And so I definitely think it's going to be continually um, something that is looked upon favorably uh, by Connecticut residents and also something that's relied upon as well.
1: And you've seen quite a few, the workforce or the amount number of dashers, because I don't want to say workforce right. overall for DoorDash, but the amount of dashers, there's an increasing number of women, I think that you had mentioned as well.
0: Yes. And so dashers are independent contractors. They can hop on the app whenever they'd like, you know, maybe for a few hours one week and never again, or maybe it's all summer they'd like to do. And so, you know, that flexibility is important, but we've also seen, as you said, an increase in women on the platform. So I believe it's around 58% of dashers nationwide are women, which is fantastic to see too, because again, it's an opportunity for earnings, especially when women uh, really left the workforce force and droves during the pandemic and then in addition you know it's an ability for them Uh, we do hear a lot of the time that dashers who are women feel safer doing delivery versus rideshare it's a lot easier having sushi or pizza or hamburger in the back seat versus an individual right and we do do contactless delivery so technically a dasher could maybe never touch or or kind of meet the consumer as well and so women value that um, and that safety component of it too
1: in general what kind of all of these community programs what do you think it, it what kind of message do you hope that it sends to the dashers to the people in the community obviously the dashers are making money mm-hmm. but when they're doing runs for food bank mm-hmm. um there's there's some level of um you know community support in that
0: yes yes and when, when dashers actually do a delivery through project dash we pay the dashers to do the delivery so we absorb the cost right? And so this is this is definitely a service. What I've heard from a lot of dashers as we do events you know across New England is some dashers live around the corner from a food pantry and they hop on the platform on a Wednesday and they know that the first delivery that they're going to get is guaranteed. It's going to be at the such and such food pantry who does every week uh, delivery. So they're like, great, this is awesome. I have an ability to get a delivery right away but I also have an ability To help out my community. And from other Dashers, I've heard whether they've been in domestic violence situations uh, or whether they've been immigrants or refugees that have relied on this previously, um, you know, in their past life, they've relied on uh, food banks and pantries. They now feel that they're now giving back, right, through doing this delivery to someone else that's in need. So, uh, in a time that's been so isolating, right? Uh, as as, 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 uh, as citizens and as a country, this is something that is connecting folks. And um, seniors love to see a Dasher coming. Sometimes Dasher's have the same seniors every week. And so it provides a connecting in the community that we can only hope to continue to foster. And I'd say to, you know, a lot of the work that I do on the ground here with my colleagues, we're not just a, a platform. We're not just a, a technology company. We're here to stay and we're here to integrate Hyper locally, and to really make these one-on-one connections with these community organizations because we do have the logistics and we do have the social impact resources to solve for these problems around food insecurity. So we'd like to partner.
1: What makes these relationships? I mean, food chair, obviously a big one in Connecticut, but there's also some smaller organizations mm-hmm. too. I know you mentioned, um, you know, some of the work that you're doing out in new London, yeah. which is really covering so much of that that county.
0: Yeah, so I would say Whalers Helping Whalers is probably our most significant uh, partnership here within one of the top ones within Connecticut. And they are trying to meet this Increasing need um, that it, it's been very difficult with seniors and the population around there, and I'd say it's its most successful program that we've had, the largest amount of deliveries that we've done in kind, and wanting to continue that and helping introduce them to other groups that can also assist them as well. Um, and I would say, you know, impact-wise, it, it it really touches upon so many different levels within the community, not just seniors, and we want to be the face of that with Whalers helping Whalers going forward.
1: And what other, um, you know, organizations, how can businesses or other organizations who might be li- listening to this BizCast, what's the best way for, for them to help?
0: I would say gift cards is something that has, and it doesn't have to be a DoorDash gift card, you know, whatever gift cards, uh, whether it's, um, you know, for Stop and Shop or Target um, or BJ's, whatever it may be, CVS, uh, Organizations, what we're hearing even more predominantly now, social impact organizations love the, the idea of gift cards. So that's one thing. Businesses can also sponsor um, some of these food drives that these organizations are doing. The cost of food has just been significant. So I would say businesses that want to assist, definitely gift cards. Um, and then also for c- civic, civic organizations, social impact organizations that want to participate in Project Dash, or the community credits and kind of apply, that's really looking at our doordashimpact.com forward slash portal, and you can really learn more about our programs in Connecticut there too.
1: How important are your community partners in making this operation work? They're crucial,
0: they're absolutely crucial. You know, I come from a background, my parents are immigrants and um, they have been really a guiding force in my life to really understand this community work and there was always a social there was always a benefit dance or a food drive or something that they were involved in and those community groups that they were involved in to achieve these community goals were always crucial and they might be a small army of individuals of volunteers but they're the ones that actually know the need and they're the ones that actually have the, the one-on-one relationships. And so they're absolutely crucial. We can, you know, of course, assist with resources, but we don't have the relationships that they do. And we don't pretend to as well. I think that working in collaboration, we have an opportunity to solve for a solution here, but those partners are definitely the front line and those partners are crucial.
1: Okay. Uh, and then I, I want to circle back again um, to the, you know, beginning when we obviously these DoorDash programs um Project Dash is is really important program helping mm-hmm. out in the community but the everyday experiences and growth of DoorDash is also a reflection of these small mom-and-pop businesses mm-hmm. um that are really that extra sales for them can mm-hmm. you talk about what you've seen through the pandemic with the growth there
0: yeah definitely I know throughout the pandemic it was with um uh, cities and states issuing stay-at-home guidances restaurants became severely restricted. So we work throughout New England with our restaurant associations pretty closely to understand, okay, what do you need for winter stabilization grants, right? What's the story with outdoor dining? Um, What's the story with permitting for alcohol and cocktails to go? Really working on those issues with the Connecticut Restaurant Association to understand how can we can maintain these businesses because these mom and pops, of course, they rely on delivery, but also we rely on them as well. So how can we support each other in a policy standpoint and how can we support each other in a business standpoint. And we also know that restaurants who remained on the platform for DoorDash actually remained in business, right, um, throughout the pandemic. And so it was an opportunity to scale and grow and reach customers that they normally wouldn't have reached. And so that's something that we're continuing to try to build out with Merchant Partners. We've done a lot of different programs uh, throughout New England, throughout the country that hopefully, you know, we'll bring to Connecticut at some point as well. Accelerate programs looking to help assist and grow uh, these restaurants to help them with marketing or legal or compliance or labor shortages hiring uh, retention rates like that how to create the right menu Um, one of the big things that we're hearing is of course you know the platform's great and we have this ability to increase our access to consumers but we don't have a, a labor force here internally we don't have the dish workers we don't have the line cooks you know so it's good that we have an opportunity here at DoorDash to provide that last mile delivery for these restaurants uh, as they get these increasing orders and as consumers just want everything at their fingertips. Um, but I definitely see that that being an issue going forward for them.
1: Okay. Really interesting just to see, you know, the growth of, of all these programs um, while the pandemic really helped support them, mm-hmm. they're still going.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we have a lot of different programs like DoorDash Capital, which is an opportunity to provide loans to merchants in need too. So there's all different ways. We also work with women-owned businesses or Black and Latino businesses to provide extra support for them, uh, whether it be through a suite of products and services and discounts to kind of help maintain them because the restaurant business is extremely, extremely hard. I can't speak from personal experience, but from what I've heard from restaurant owners and hospitality owners is to continue that um, that business is extremely difficult to just get off the ground running and also through a pandemic and also post-pandemic as well. So we offer a suite of services uh, for a diverse array of restaurants.
1: And DoorDash has those resources that the small businesses
0: Exactly. And so whatever way we can partner with these merchants across the state of Connecticut, we're more than happy. And, and I think uh, we're always introducing new products and new marketing features and services. So stay tuned for what's next for DoorDash.
1: All right. And um, what overall should we expect from Ash here in Connecticut?
0: I think definitely a growth uh, within the work that we're doing. I know the Boston market in general is the fastest growing, um, you know, across the country and across the Northeast. So as we look at Boston, we look at Rhode Island, we look at Connecticut, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, New England in general. What does it mean to kind of grow our partnerships, not just within the city, but also throughout the suburbs, and increasing access for restaurants uh, within the suburbs? and maybe more rural areas to have an ability to come on the platform and then also consumers out there in more rural areas to have the ability to go on the platform and then also have an ability to uh, earn as a dasher too.
1: Well, thank you so much uh, for being here with us today and we look forward to hearing more about what's happening
0: in Connecticut. Great. Thank you so much, CBI. I really appreciate it.
1: And thank you for listening to this week's BizCast. You can listen, like, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review and let us know if you have ideas for a future podcast and for a full list of episodes, head on over to CBIA.com.